Hello everyone and welcome back to an all new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. This is a show that takes a deep dive into the world of 80s cartoons and all of the glorious insanity therein. My name is Randy, I am your host on this journey, and I'm flying solo this week, but that's okay because we're still got another great episode for you this week, folks. Uh, but of course, before we get in the episode, I gotta let you know that Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast is a production of Geek World Order. Go to geekworldorder.com for all the latest and greatest geeky content and media. And of course, we're on social media. Check us out on Facebook. Look up Geek World Order and Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, both at Geek World Order. Uh, You can find us on all the major podcast providers. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, uh, Amazon Podcasts. Anywhere you can get your podcasts and subscribe, we're there. Leave us a five-star review and a text rating, and please help this podcast grow. Uh, Today... We're taking a trip. We're taking a trip to the neither world. That's right, folks. For the first time on the show, we are looking at a, an episode of a, of the late 80s cartoon series Beetlejuice, based on the Michael Keaton movie. And today we're looking at the episode Quit While You're Ahead. Man, this show is... Dude, I forgot how good the show was, honestly. Between the visuals, the animation, the gags, the jokes. Dude, this show fired on all cylinders and it was absolutely amazing. And I had a blast watching this episode and making my notes and... Oh, dude. So we started out with a view of Babel Beach. Just a, a gross, gross Neitherworld Beach. We've got these weird clam creatures that are literally babbling, making odd noises. Lush, beautiful green waters. Shark infested. There's garbage. There's radioactive waste containers. It's just a perfect, perfect day in the afterlife. We see some of the denizens of the uh, neither world. Just enjoying the beach, Ginger the tap dancing spider. We see Jacques Laline working on his tan. Can somebody tell me why a skeleton needs a tan? But anyway. So eventually we get up to our beach scene and we see Lydia and Beetlejuice. Well, we see his head. And he's singing. Beetlejuice is singing. And it's bad. And there's some kind of head-related pun. And we get a reference to the title of the episode, sort of. Which Lydia tells him, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just go ahead and quit while you're ahead here. Because the puns are bad, folks. And the puns, the head puns just keep coming and coming this entire episode. You get kicked in the face with them repeatedly. So yeah, so Beetlejuice and his dismembered body are arguing with each other because the hand decides basically to pull what will become the uh um so yeah the body makes like a hand mouth thing yeah you remember in south park the episode where um cartman does like the the bad jennifer lopez impression yeah basically the hand starts talking and is like off voice Kudos to, to Beetlejuice's voice actor, which, amazing voice actor, and I'm 
going to absolutely butcher this guy's name. Uh, one second. So the actor's name is Stephen Oemet. I'm going to, I'm probably butchering that, but okay. Great, great voice work to still provide a voice that's very Beetlejuice, but different enough to be distinguishable. So that's really cool. And some very interesting notes on the voice actor. He also went on to later star in the X-Men animated series as Archangel Warren Worthington, which is also interesting because these two actors um the actor who plays beetlejuice and allison court who plays lydia would later go on to work both on x-men the animated series and yeah no i when i did my notes for the show this was a i was today years old kind of thing when i learned that allison court the voice actress for lydia is also the voice actress of jubilee on x-men the animated series so like whoa like literally going back like going and listening to clips of their voices like side by side absolutely boom yep unmistakable and i'm surprised my brain never made that connection at any point so we're still finding oh so many new things in this crazy journey folks so uh yeah all right. So anyway, while Beetlejuice and his body are arguing, a woman walks by. And Beetlejuice is a complete, complete pig about it. Like, basically comedic level piggishness. Like, uh, remember like the old cart, like the old cartoons, the Tex Avery shorts were like the wolf guy starts doing the howling and yeah that basically to that cartoonish level so he's basically in love because she's clearly his type tall dark and decomposed so he's like all right um, i need some muscle I, i gotta do something to impress her but he horribly fails he's like i got nothing I'm out of juice. I got no magic. Which Lydia has to remind him because this is going to be a very important plot point in the show that Beetlejuice has to be whole. His head has to be connected to his body to actually, for him to be able to perform his magic correctly. And he's like, oh, right. So yeah, he he puts his, so he puts his head back on his body the magic is back. Beetlejuice creates this giant, this bodybuilder-looking persona. Does a really bad Arnold impression. And begins to start showboating. But of course, this woman, she's not very impressed. Nor should she be. Let's be honest. This is like, pretty comedically bad the the showboating he's doing but he's like she's just like i want to be left alone like she's got this heavy heavy accent it's like almost one of those comedically bad you're almost like hmm 
This is almost like stereotypical bad guy accent kind of bad. So it's like, hmm, yeah, maybe she's got something to do with it. She's going to play a big part in this episode, isn't she? She's like, yeah, I just want to be left alone. So she takes her claw, pops Beetlejuice and deflates him. And then his head just falls off right into her lap. But oh no. Now she's very much impressed. Apparently the body's doing nothing. And we learned that uh, this woman's name is Scarolyn. So of course a uh, dead play on Carolyn there. So, And she's like, oh, would you like to play a game? And wow. Of course my brain in 2021 goes, ha, saw. Would you like to play a game? And I'm just like, yeah, no. Th this is going to get bad for Beetlejuice, isn't it? And so he makes a dumb quip about, well, sure, but uh, uh, anything but patty cake uh, kind of useless right now. And she's like, oh, don't worry. The game we're going to play, you won't need a body. It's such, It's so hard to find good volleyballs these days. So she takes him right up to a net that's set up at the beach and spikes him straight into the water. Hmm. Yeah, so Beetlejuice is screaming because he's in the ocean. He can't magic his way out because he's a, dis a dismembered head. So yeah, no help there. And all of a sudden this boat just comes by. And they're chant and there's these people they're chanting they're very odd looking people they're just heads giant heads with i mean compared to the body these tiny arms and legs so they swoop him up in a net and they just they just leave they've got beetlejuice's head so of course lydia realizes she needs to find some help but where are we going to find this help? Well, she goes down, 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 down into the depths to Davy Jones's locker, the bar. There's a bar at the bottom of, of, the, of the beach here. Okay, we'll go with that. So she walks up to the bar. She's like, you know, very nicely asking the bartender for some help. He's like, this bartender is completely offended. Like, this this nice talk, he's like, No! Uh, we only talk sailor talk here, you bilge rat! So, luckily, luckily Lydia gets the point. She grabs him by the collar and starts screaming at his face. S some stereotypical sailor lines. Uh, but, it gets the point across. He's like, oh, oh, that's better. What can I be helping you with today? So she's, she starts like, you know, like, well, we're looking for a head. He's like, oh, well, uh, oh, just go down the hall to the right. And she's like, um, no, we're actually looking for this tribe of islanders. Not a bathroom. Oh. Oh, you must be looking for the island of, of nobody at all. No, no body at home. She's like, 
yeah, that sounds good. How do we get there? Well, I know a man who can help. You'll be looking for Captain Kidder. Think, well, where can we find him? Pulls out his schedule. He's like, oh, it's a Tuesday. Oh, that'd be him. That's him going on stage right now. Oh, buddy. So, Captain Kidder is a comedian. He's a pirate comedian with a dead parrot. Like, he is telling some terrible, terrible jokes here, folks. Like, these are awful, awful jokes. Like, the the parrot actually has better jokes than Captain Kidder. Oh, man. I mean, whoever wrote the jokes for this guy probably should have gotten a raise because, honestly, it had to have taken some talent to purposely write such awful jokes. Oh, I'm trying to remember. It's like, it was something like, oh, what do you call it when a when a ghost gets an injury? Oh, I forget what the parrot said. It was actually, it was actually funny. No. But then Kidder, he's like, you call it a boo-boo. I, I think this is the point where my head hit the desk. It just went. Yeah. Bad jokes, folks. So Lydia walks up. She's like, so uh, I'm sorry to uh, interrupt. And the crowd cheers. They're like, no, please interrupt him. Interrupt him. This is the best thing we've heard all day. So she kind of lets him know what's going on. You know, trying to get to the island of nobody at home. And well, he's like, oh, oh, that's a dangerous area. It's full of headhunters. Gasp, shock, amazement. Headhunters? Ah! And the crowd disperses. Even the bird's like, ah, at least this time it wasn't the jokes that scared him away. This time. This time it wasn't the jokes that scared them away. So she's like, well, all right, well, how do we get there? He's like, I don't know. I mean, I could take you there, but it's kind of dangerous. <clears throat> She's like, oh, well, do you know Beetlejuice? Of course I do. He's the funniest ghostwriter out there. So the lady's like, all right, here's what I'll do. If you help us find him, I'll have Beetlejuice write some good jokes for you. He's like, hmm. This is a tempting offer. So we have a deal. Our heroes are sitting out. So we cut to the island where Beetlejuice's head is being carried across the island by the headhunters. He's like, hey, hey, I want to talk to the head honcho. They're like, oh, nope. Head honcho is on vacation at Club Head. Told you, folks, these head jokes are fast and furious, folks. 
But yeah, so he's pleading for his life. Beetlejuice doesn't want to have his head shrunk. And then they just start laughing. Beetlejuice is kind of confused. He's like, uh, what's so funny? Other than the way you laugh. They're like, no, no, no. We don't do the head shrinking thing here. No, we don't do that. We want to have you for dinner. And <laughs> Beetlejuice is like, oh, I shouldn't have opened my big mouth. Yeah, you really shouldn't have, Beetlejuice. So with that, our, our antagonists are laughing their heads off. Our hero is uh, a little uh, scared, to say the least. The scary man is scared, but... Uh, so, of course, we know from our vast library of resources that, well, based on the tropes we have here, it's time for a commercial break, folks, so uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Cinnamon and sugar for a special homemade taste. Part of this nutritious breakfast. Making homemade taste. We bake breakfast. In the cinnamon toast crunch. Cinnamon. Oh, I'm so tired. I danced all night at the ball and I lost one of my golden slippers. If you dial this number, I'll tell you how I met my prince, what it's like to live in a real castle. Even how I learned to get along with my stepsisters. There's a new Cinderella story every day just for you. There's my print. Don't forget to call me. $2 per call. Children, get your parents' permission before you dial. Call now. Hi, it's me again. When you go to the ocean, it's good to take fruit roll-ups and fruit wrinkles. The fishes like to eat fruit wrinkles because they're bite-sized and they're chewy. And the fruit roll-ups are so delicious and so stretchy, they can even keep an octopus occupied. They put lots of real food and fun in fruit roll-ups and fruit wrinkles, so I don't mind sharing, even if it's with my little sister. <laughs> Shackle the Dynanicus. Braveheart saw an attack. They're sitting ducks. Heroic Questar on Diplodocus opens the secret pod. They're firing on me. Look out for the trap. Take this, Anhead. The hidden rockets blast the evil Rulon. We'll meet again, Questar. Diplodocus with motorized walking action, each sold separately. Dino Riders. What are you doing? Saving the future. But how? With Captain Power video tape. There are three different skill levels. This one's the toughest. Now we can practice anytime with the Power Jet XT7. Score or be hit. Captain Power videotapes. I don't believe it. Believe it, large human. The power of the future is in your hands. Batteries not included. Jets, figures, and new interactive videotapes each sold separately from Captain Power and the soldiers of the future. All right. And we are back on the island of the Headhunters. They're once again chanting, and they're chant. They're just chanting, "Chow time, chow time, chow time, chow time, chow time." 
because we can tell it's time for dinner. So they grab BJ's head and uh, they kind of shake him over the pot. Some flakes fall off of Beetlejuice. Clearly dandruff. And they just kind of put him back on the plate that they're carrying around him. The one headhunter stirs the pot a little bit and yells, Soup's on! Beetlejuice is very, very much confused now. He's like, uh, wait, you're not going to eat me? So the headhunters give us a nice little twist here. They're like, no, no, no. We wanted you for for dinner, not for dinner. Uh, Ha, ha, ha. It's like, no, they're not going to, they're not doing that. Then they start feeding him. And Beetlejuice makes a, a comment about, "Oh wow, this is the most disgusting dandruff broth I've ever I've ever tasted." He's like, "Yeah, so um, so not only is Beetlejuice not being eaten, the headhunters will are making him their new head of state." Yeah. So we cut to our uh, adventurers on Captain Kidder's ship. They're sailing the oceans. And Lydia's got herself a pirate getup now. She's changed her outfit. Though I've haven't seen this show in a long time, so I can't remember. I think Lydia's outfit, ha- ha- like her poncho thing, has like magical powers and can change the outfits. But I don't remember. Uh, someone can correct me if I'm wrong here. But yeah. So she's got a pirate outfit. She's set surveying through the pair through the telescope. Looks up at the, you know at the guy in the in the bucket. There he's like, land no. It's like all right, well. So Captain Kidder takes his uh, opportunity of a captive audience here to tell a few more jokes. Like once again, bad, so bad. They gotta get the hook and take him off stage. It's like, yeah, we we've been sailing for hours here, navigating the Dead Sea. He's like, the Dead Sea. I told you to navigate the Red Sea. Nah, I'm just kidding. Cause you know, he's a kidder. But luckily, the the skeleton on top yells, "Land ho!" It's like. All right, cool. All right. It's like, yep, that must be it. Because there's the boat that took Beelgers earlier. They're like, all right. So Kidder's like, all right, you better hurry up and find your friend. Because uh, they'll probably, they'll probably made him his head, they'll probably made him the new head of state. And every year, the head of state gets fed to a giant sea worm. They're like, e- "You're kidding, right?" No, folks. For the once, for the first time in his life, Captain Kidder is not kidding, folks. So yeah, there's the twist. Knew there had to be something. It's like, yes, if you thought the head hunters were evil, and then this weird, nice twist is like, this seems odd. You are absolutely 100% right. 
It was a twist. They are totally evil. They're getting ready to feed Beetlejuice to a giant sea worm. So, yeah. So, they gotta come up with a plan. So, Lydia's like, well, maybe they'll be scared of a giant monster head. And somehow constructs this giant monster head costume in, like, three seconds. Okay, folks. I, I, no. You cannot use logic with this cartoon. There are many 80s cartoons that you really can't apply logic to. But this one is, um, definitely one you can't. I mean, normally this could easily be something Beetlejuice could conjure up, but he's not together. He's not whole, so he can't use the magic. The body can't use the magic either. Um, but yeah. But they fashion this giant monster costume. They awkwardly make their way to the village, and... Yeah, okay, surprisingly, this actually works. The headhunters are scared. They're running in panic. Mass hysteria. Cats and dogs living together, folks. They're scared. They're running. So, Lydia ditches the costume. And she's like, Alright, we're here to rescue. He's like, From what? They're waiting on me hand and foot here. This is like the greatest thing ever. So Beetlejuice's body gets angry and just storms off. He's like, it's basically, like, yeah, we so we came here for nothing. Fine, you ungrateful dick. I'm just gonna, just gonna leave. So literally, the body just leaves right, right then and there. So Lydia's like, all right, whatever. So she grabs Beetlejuice's head and runs. But he's still like, uh, why are we running? He's like, because they're gonna feed you to a giant sea worm. Oh, that wasn't, that was not part of my job description. So yeah, they're running. And all of a sudden, like clockwork, they run into Scarolyn. It's like, oh, here we, it's like, oh, uh, Scarolyn, tell them. It's just a big misunderstanding, right? And she's like, nope. She just starts at the top of her head and pulls down a comedically large zipper to reveal that dun 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 Scarolyn is also a headhunter and yes they are but not only is she a headhunter she's the head head so yeah, so apparently the head honcho is back from the vac is back from vacation. So they gotta get past her. So Lydia has a bright idea. She winds up and rolls. And BJ's head just knocks right into them like a bowling ball, hits a strike, and then he just keeps going. And eventually, Beetlejuice's head lands right in front of Captain Kidder. And they're like, Alright, listen, we gotta get to the ship. We gotta get out of here. The headhunters are after us. But Kidder's like, Oh, no, no, no. The headhunters are already here. So I was like, Wait, what do you mean by that? So Captain Kidder... 
creatures on top of his head. Pulls down a comedically large zipper. Dun dun dun. Yes, folks, Captain Kidder himself is also a headhunter. So our heroes are captured. Man, there is a surprising amount of twists and turns in this episode that, you know, I actually expected Scarlin to be some kind of evil force. So her reveal as the head honcho made sense. That was more expected. I wasn't shocked by that one. And you're like, oh, oh, Captain Kidder is also a headhunter. Like, even the bird is like, uh, what the heck, man? So, this is pretty cool. So, there is some surprising depth to this episode. Some good twists and turns. I'm, I'm loving this so far. So, they get back to the, uh, main area of the island and now the ritual is about to begin they are going to summon the sea worm to eat the head of state so what ritual you ask one of the headhunters stands at a triangle raises the baton and ding 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 come and get it it's like no, no, that can't work. Beale just like, oh no, oh, if the sea worm is anything like a sandworm, that's not gonna. Oh, never mind. Oh, buddy. So the sea worm arrives, and so kind of describe the sea worm. Imagine, imagine a Gyarados from Pokemon, but it's green. That's the best way I can do to describe this. It's sort of like a Gyarados with less scaling, but green. So they're panicking. Lydia's, Lydia's like, listen, this isn't the time to lose our heads. Chirp, chirp. It's like, uh, so when is the time to lose our heads? She's like, uh, actually, see where gets a little closer. Actually, now. So, yeah, they basically resort to the Beetlejuice's plan B from earlier in the episode and just kind of screaming for help. Which is really all they can do at this point. But, luckily, Beetlejuice's body is still close enough to actually hear it. So he's like, Alright, fine. I'll come back. He's pretty much just coming back for Lydia at this point. But he makes his way through. Because he's running and his eyes are in his hand and the hand's moving, isn't exactly seeing very well here. So he kind of stumbles his way through. Lydia ducks in the sand so she doesn't get trampled. But, ugly, Beetlejuice's body stumbles just enough that he knocks himself into the sea worm and knocks it back enough so that Beetlejuice's head doesn't, because uh, the, the sea worm. Picked up Beetlejuice's head, chucked it in the air like it was going to just do the, the mouth open, swallow it thing. But no, Beetlejuice's body knocks the sea worm back just enough that Beetlejuice's head falls right past the mouth 
and right back onto his shoulders. And once the uh, body and the head are connected again, as Beetlejuice says, It's showtime! Beetlejuice is back. He's got his magic and begins fighting off the headhunters, turning himself into various objects. He turns into a golf club and hits a few of them. A few other great sight gags. And while the scene is building up, um there's they're playing the the uh non the intro music the intro music to the series without the lyrics and it's really really good as like surprisingly this music works so so well as like this build-up hype music really building to that crescendo of this uh of the scene, our antagonists have finally turned the tide, or our protagonists I mean, have finally turned the tide. You know, they've got that last, that second win, that last ditch they need to act, go in and win the fight. So yeah, so eventually the, uh, so, dude, absolutely great, great use of the theme music. I didn't realize that music was so hype. Like you could literally, they literally just used it as like this build-up music to the, just to the crescendo, and it's, whoo, it worked so good here, so so good. I, wow, it. This was probably one that just those little touch of the episode that absolutely impressed me. But yeah. Eventually, the headhunters get charged away, and eventually they wind up in the path of the sea monster, and they get chased off. And so, Scarolyn and Kidder, their headhunter forms are chased away, and, and Lady's like, I don't know, you think they're gonna get away? Beetlejuice is like, eh, more than likely, they had a head start. But yeah, so... Day is saved. Everything is okay again. We're back to normal. And scene fade. And the episode ends. And Man. Man, this episode. So good. Honestly, I forgot how good this series was. I have not seen... Oh, I haven't seen this and anything from this series in years. You know... It's not something like G.I. Joe or Transformers where I watch, you know, the full series like once a year. Oh, it's got to be at least 10 years since I've seen an episode of the series. It's definitely been or probably longer, but it's easily been long enough that I have forgotten basically just about every episode of the show. Like, no, I didn't even remember this episode existing before I watched it to do this episode, man. And which is so cool, but wow, I know there's so many good influence. Like I think there's a lot of definitely a lot of influence from the movie, but okay. To be fair, I've never seen the movie, but I did notice that Tim Burton's name is listed in the cartoon as an executive producer. So maybe there is some, some guidance there. You know, or at least something to keep with his original vision and what he created in the movie. 
I, at some point, I need to go and watch this movie because, I don't know, I think that'd be fun. But, man, I forgot how just great this series is. The, the jokes can be hit or miss, but usually they'll rapid fire off enough of them in an episode that there's usually going to be something for you to laugh at. And that's the case here. There were some of the jokes really did not land very well. Mostly it was the ones from Captain Kidder, but those were written to, on purpose to be bad. And whoever managed to actually purposely write such bad jokes probably need it they got the they got the reaction they needed so that guy really should have probably been making more money as a writer whoever wrote those jokes man but no this episode was fun man the the visuals were great the gags that were meant to be funny were absolutely funny the animation was just crisp and fluid in this man it was so the I forgot how much fun the series is, dude. Oh, man, I know this show kind of goes into the early 90s as well, but it did start in 89, so we'll have a few more episodes of the show to look at here. Um, definitely in the first season of the show. Uh, but I think that'll do it for this week's episode, man. Um, very happy to have a good episode here. Something fun to talk about. Uh, but of course, but that'll do it for this week's episode of Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. Of course, check us out on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to the channel. Go back and check out all of our other episodes. Because we definitely got plenty for you, folks. Uh, Leave a comment. Leave that five-star review. Leave that text review. That five-star rating. All of it. Please just share the podcast, man. Please share these episodes. You know, get the word out to people. Let them know this podcast exists. And let's enjoy these 80s cartoons together, folks. And uh, we'll see you next time.